Hello, RPG Crossing. My name is Simi, and I'm here with an apology. See, in, in last episode, I pronounced a user's name wrong, and that, that hurts me personally deeply, because I ask people to say my username right. And this user, I, I just, I don't know what happened. I, I let my brain get ahead of my mouth, and it just came out wrong. So, Ataya Vanderer, I am sorry that I said your name very wrong, and I will strive to do better. Thank you. American Emus in Australia! <laughs> that was everything I wanted. That was everything I wanted. <laughs> oh, all right. Hi. Well, we're going to kick the show off a little different today, <laughs> and we're going to jump right into the random verb. No intro. Let's just hit the ground running, as they say. What do you say? I say let's hit the ground and run. All right. Your Wait. It's not loading. Oh, man. We, we hit the ground and immediately stumbled. <laughs> we hit too hard. Pull back. Pull back. At that speed, <laughs> will you be able to pull out in time? <laughs> what are we doing here? What's the verb? All right, so it took a bit, but it's finally loaded. Our random verb of the day. No, I did it again. Why do I do that? Stupid, stupid, stupid. It's so Our stupid. Our random verb of the week. Of the week. Sponsored by It's a Verb, mm. intellectual property belonging to King Monkey and Simmy. Nobody else, no matter what they say, whoa, whoa, whoa. get your grubby hands off. Does It's a Verb belong to you and me? Like, is that, is that what I just understood that you said? It's a Verb no, no, no. is our intellectual the random say, verb of the week. I can't even is say intellectual. intellectual. No, good because I can't even say intellectual. We got problems. I got problems. It's a verb. Sponsors it. He sends us a check mm-hmm. and lends his name to it because you know money, money, red money, names. money. And as you know, mm-hmm. we are about one thing around here, and it is most definitely the integrity of your wallet. Yes. Oh, yes. In ours, absolutely. <laughs> we feel anyway. we feel deeply. <laughs> Uh, committed to our paying sponsors. Yes. We are deeply committed to whatever we're paid to say. We've been committed so many times. Like, I can't even tell you. <laughs> Legally, can't tell you. There's a non-disclosure <laughs> agreement. I I had those I had those ca- cases locked, and they are not available anymore. It's as, anyway. it's as good as innocent, really. <laughs> In a court of law, it's the same thing as being innocent. In the eyes of the law, no. it didn't happen. That's right. Anyway... What's the verb of the week? Our verb of the week, sponsored by It's a Verb, intellectual property belonging to Simeon King Monkey. <laughs> Go on. I'm listening. Is is point. Point? Point. Point. Um, point. Okay. Edric pointed at the audience member that he intended to woo and then dropped his loot on the ground. Ah. Uh. Wow. Which I, is why he had to re- repair it last time. Yeah, I guess so. I failed that one like halfway through. It's like, what? Which is why. Oh, my God. I don't know. Stuff happened. Whatever. Stuff happened. <laughs> Stuff, huh? It happens all the time. You know, I also noticed something. Mm. Last time you talked about you want your posts. You're going to try your post in present tense. Yeah. Yet your Verbs sentence for random past. verb of the week is always in past tense. I point at the screen. <laughs> I don't know. Good. Yeah, there exactly. we go. I've covered present tense and past tense. Here's an odd thing. English language doesn't have a future tense. 
We have past tense. Doesn't we have, it? No. Think about what's the future tense of point. I will point. Will is an yeah. will is an adverb. Uh, it's you're basically modifying a present tense because that still breaks down to I point. Like in French, hmm. there is a proper future tense. Like I arrive is j'arrive. Future j'arriverai. There is an actual future tense. English doesn't have a future tense. The English language does not have a future. That's a. Uh, so what do we got? Kind of depressing. What are we talking about today? Well, I guess we're gonna talk about role play instead of role play this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Important distinction. I'm glad you made that clear. 100% in your pronunciation. Yep. Thank God it's the present and not the future, because the future doesn't exist, apparently. Actually, that sounds political in the wrong audience. Hold on. That's what I've been warning you about. Pause. Edit all of that out. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> all of our We're gonna friends. We're going to start differently today Radio. with... It's a verbs, random verb of the week. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> one one day, that's what we're going to definitely do that, where we just start the show over a few times. One day, this podcast is going to catch on fire and burn down, is what I'm worried about. Mm. I think it's time we set the world on fire. We didn't start the fire, though. Goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. How many fire songs are we going to go through? Because there's at least <laughs> there's at least seven that I know of. I, I'm pretty sure I'd have to either spend a lot of time thinking or hit Google if I want to go more, though. Sounds like too much effort. We should talk about roleplay. Yep, roleplay. Not roleplay like last time. We're right. going to talk about roleplay this time. Right on. So, 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 as always, I'm going to throw the ball at you and make you start. And what are some common things that you don't like about the roleplay side of Play by Post? Uh, honestly, there's really only one thing, and that is the time that it takes. When you're playing a game at the table, die rolling is very fluid. It's a lot of back and forth. It's easy. You just roll a die. Next guy rolls a die. Next guy rolls a die. Next lady rolls a die. And so on down the line. Uh, but when you're doing this over the time span of a, of a play-by-post game, um, one person has to roll attack and damage roll in the same in the same post. Wait for the next person. They roll their attack roll, whatever permutation of it is because combat is really the part where uh, play by post it's probably not at at its strongest if you don't take special steps to streamline the process definitely we've covered some ways to do that yeah in previous episodes so go back and listen to those if you're curious this is more about the nitty-gritty of actually doing it and the ways you as a player can streamline the process a bit and i would totally agree with you king monkey that the time it takes wildly shifts to longer on play-by-post, even when you have put in steps to kind of shrink those gaps yeah. as much as possible. It can still be a huge time sink. And I think that's where a lot of play-by-post games end up dying is in that first roll-heavy encounter, whether it be a combat, a social encounter, yeah. a bluff, or any of those kind of things where there's a lot of roles, everyone needs to do something mm-hmm. because, like you said, it can just it just it doesn't flow smoothly on play by post. Even at like even at one post like a week, yeah, you're still a week between second time you're doing something, and that can be forever. It can. Whereas yeah. if it's a narrative thing, once a week, you still feel like things are progressing. Whereas if 
a combat round is once a week. Well, that's yeah, combat, six seconds. Combat requires a certain rhythm to it. Like you need a certain yes. consistency to the speed of the thing, but it's harder to pull that off when play-by-post strength is appealing to people who have schedules that are not conducive to sitting down for two hours at a stretch with your uh, friends and just rolling dice, right? I would go so far as to say avoiding times where you need everyone or even a majority of people to roll is optimum for play-by-post because it'll keep things moving more. Not to say you can't have a successful game that has rolls and full-on combats, but Mm -hmm. in general, if you want a successful game or a game that sticks around for a while, the less you have intense and extended rolling sessions, the better your game is going to survive. Not to mention giving your players the target uh, numbers to roll for will help them speed things along. Tell them the armor class. They're going to figure it out eventually. Tell them the DC. Mm-hmm. Tell them the, the challenge rating. Whatever the, the terms are in your game, give it to them up front. That way they can know that they succeeded or failed without having to wait for your response and can keep the game going that much smoother. And and if your DM doesn't provide those things, it's definitely worth asking if they will because it it helps. It helps keep things moving. You have more of a complete post. Whereas if, if you don't have those numbers and five people attack one thing, it may be dead after the first one. Now four people's posts are completely obviated. Yeah, they're kind of wasted. Yeah, I think it's kind of an old school thing for DMs uh, sort of gatekeeping that information. Uh, It's kind of like the old DM screen, uh, hide the details behind. It doesn't work as well in play-by-post. Really helps to just... Provide the information with your uh, to your players. Let them do some of the of the, um, the the housekeeping to keep that all in line. Take some of the effort off of your own shoulders as a DM. Honestly, mm-hmm. so it's less stressful for you, less stressful for players who have to sit there and wait for the DM to get off their butt and finally respond whether they actually manage to you know hit the target or what. Yeah, and and as much player facing as you can and players definitely advocate for that as much as you can and if you get that then it becomes your responsibility not to abuse such things well i mean in play by post it's not the same uh because because of the time issues it really is beneficial to try and have a more open and uh less just don't worry as much about the meta gaming in play by post otherwise you're going to end up dry, grinding your own pace down Definitely. Uh, that's why I said once you convince a DM to allow that, then it's your job as a player not to abuse the fact that you have it. Right. Yeah. Still play your character normally. Just then go to that information to see how things play out and narrate the rest of your bit rather than narrating up to the point of the strike and then waiting to find out if you hit. Yeah. I mean, you can also, knowing the result can help inform the narrative that goes along with your role. You know, like if you know that you rolled a, a, a critical, that's obvious. If you know that you rolled a hit, did it just barely hit? Like, is that contingent on the damage or the armor class? Basically, you know, make everything as clear as possible. And then someone can reflect that in the way that they write the story. Because a lot of a lot of what's going to help the combat along, I find, is adding flavor to those roles. Yeah, I think some of the, the best ways I've seen a start of combat... Uh, GM post is at the bottom it'll say it's this kind of a check to identify the creature if you hit this DC this is the information you know if you hit this DC you know that and this information so that allows you to quickly figure out what you know what you don't 
players who don't have that ability can still see it and so can narrate how their attacks will play out, even though their character doesn't understand it, what's happening. So if there's damage reduction on this monster, your character doesn't know that, so they come in with their little piddly dagger and they hear a tink because it doesn't penetrate anything. Well, then your character has learned that narratively. That wasn't a reassuring tink, buddy. (laughs) I think that was a problematic tink. And ironically, like the role side of role play in this context is the least important, I think, for us to talk about. So um, we got most of that out of the way. You, You make your roles and whether you have the information or not, you narrate kind of up to the point of information that you have. But combat posts can be very swingy, I think, in way the way people write. So one of the things I see, well, one of the tropes, I think, on play-by-post is every swing of your weapon or every spell you cast reminds you of this pivotal time 10 years ago or when you were a babe and your mother left you and your father cast a lightning bolt at your at your fleeing sister and your village was destroyed by a dragon and how that led to you casting magic missile right but but did you hit it how much damage you do that's what i want to (laughs) know and so i think it's important to talk about what is important to put in a combat post what content belongs there what content should only be there under certain circumstances, and what stuff should you probably avoid? Right. Yeah, uh, you're right, because there, there absolutely is a reasonable limit to that sort of thing. I mean, with the caveat that if you are an exceptional writer, fantastic. I'm sure you can make a page-long uh, description of a simple failed check, uh, you know, entertaining. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, but generally speaking, if it's like a combat role, you're just describing the action, you know, the result of the action and the immediate thoughts uh, peripheral to that, which I guess is also true of, um, uh, what do you call, um, like skill checks and that sort of thing. Describe yeah. your your effort going into performing the action. If you know the DC, which I highly encourage, the result of that, whether you know you actually did it uh, or not or by how much, if that's relevant to the system. And then if you have a thought regarding what you're doing, like... You know what I mean? Like, let's say you yeah. have to trick your way into the into the uh, the grain storage of the kingdom to check for the rogue cyborgs, and you so you have to get past the unhappy guards. So you you know the difficulty is fifteen. So you can describe, okay, I go in. This is my intended action. I'm going to say these things to the guy. Uh, I do the roll. I failed. I know by it was a pretty bad fail. So then I can describe the actions and then I can think, oh, gosh, this is just like Budapest all over again. <laughs> you know, like try and yeah. keep it streamlined as well, because if you have to slow down, especially in a combat post, if you have to slow down for a huge epic soliloquy every time someone's going to swing their sword, it's just going to feel it, it disrupts the rhythm of the thing. Everything Definitely. you write can be thrilling. It can be enthralling. It can be fantastic and fascinating. But if it's too big, you've forced everyone to stop and slow down to read all of the... Oh, you hit for two damage? Cool. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So this is, this is another place I think I talked about on last week's episode where I'll use field sets or spoiler buttons 
for stuff that doesn't actually apply to what's going on. But if people are interested in more information, you can, hey, here's what's going on in their mind. So then it becomes, here's what I wrote. You have no obligation to read it, but it's important to my character at this moment. And so that's one way to go about it. But I think if I were to come up with a generalized rule, and again, every post, every game, every player is different. So none of this is... This is the only way to do it. This is the right way to do it. This is just... It's all... Yeah. It's all subjective. And it's going to vary greatly. I think I would break it down into three paragraphs for for most. for At most. And the first paragraph is the lead up to whatever role or action you're taking in the, com- in the, in the round where dice are, are th- throwing. The second paragraph is doing whatever the dice are doing. So if you're swinging a sword if you're making a skill check it's how you approach that so whatever lead up getting yourself into position or you know reminding yourself of the skills that you have to approach this overcoming some kind of obstacle that's your first paragraph your second paragraph is doing the thing the third paragraph is how do things fall out after that is i think how i would structure most if it were if it were a skill check thing i could see that but i think if it were combat i would want to i would want to streamline that down I feel like combat, especially, I would want to calm that down, bring it down. You know well, I, mean? I, I think, I think it, it, like I said, it will depend. And yeah. I say paragraph; it doesn't have to be, yeah, you know, okay. four four sentences, twelve sentences. It's yeah, thing. it's not like you're reading Henry Fielding where he can make two pages one paragraph. Like, not... I guess instead of paragraph, I should say three sections. You have the three blocks. The lead up, the lead up. You have the action. You have the fallout. Yeah, fair enough. I can see and that. and that can be three sentences. I think most times you're going to want an, a meaty paragraph oh, to so cover meaty. all of that. Yeah, you want <laughs> you want to make that a, the meatiest, like a succulent, juicy paragraph. And then, of course, if you hit one of those i one of those moments where things are reminding you heavily of your past, then yeah, of course, sometimes you're going to write something even more in depth. Where oh my gosh, I remember, I remember now that, that my dad. Threw that lightning bolt at my sister before my after my mom ran away. It's your dad, and, and Zeus. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, no, I can see that, but I would also recommend moderation on that because if every action you take reminds you of that time, it's like, oh my gosh, are you the emoist of '90s comic book characters? Like, just do the thing without getting lost in reverie, you know, from time to time for sure, especially when it's uh, um, a, like a, a narrative high point. Right. Exactly. I think I think following the ebb and flow of the narrative especially as it relates to your character during combat will help you figure out how much to write and again none of this is to say that if you write a lot in combat posts you're wrong because you're not and if everyone is okay with that then go for it it's it can be a lot of fun to read things like that i did a i did a game where that was kind of the standard we all wrote these huge posts and it was a lot of fun it was exhausting, though, and I wouldn't want to do that in every game. Yeah, no, for sure. And it can also get tedious for readers, too, because um, oh, yeah. other people are your audience for this. Like, other players in the game are the audience for your posts as well. Again, if you are a fantastic writer, maybe you can pull it off better than I can. I will completely grant you that. Um, but generally speaking, if everything kind of breaks down to that sort of long-winded di- uh, diatribe, it's maybe a bit much, you know? Just save it for at the end. Uh... You don't want Tolkien descriptions of 
the area around you for every combat post that you make. This was the blade of grass where my father's father first set his hoe upon driving these lands to yeah. create his first <laughs> farm, a farm which grew into a small <laughs> industry of apple merchants who eventually spread out across through the rivers which spread through the valley. <laughs> Exactly. Did you make the perception check or not? <laughs> it was a hand wavy just roll for the fun of it. Come on. <laughs> yes, you see the footprint. Move on. Move on. <laughs> to this in day, other, other I news. can't eat an apple pie without thinking about the time that my father threw the lightning bolt at my sister. <laughs> Yeah, so so reflections on your character's past and detailed descriptions, you really want to balance that with the flow of what's going. Even if you only see it once a week, yeah. you don't want to write a huge plethora of things that everyone else has to read through before they can post at that point. Yeah, that's more for the role play section, not the role play. Right. The, at yeah. this point, you are you do need to balance between the mechanics and the and the narrative. At this point, like if it's the narrative happy section, by all means, let your consciousness stream all over the page. Um, but if it's the section where we're rolling the math rocks, roll the math rocks virtually, and then put the numbers together to make happy on the page. And then don't worry so much about the the, the flavor that you add. You know. Well, and and channel your flavor into how an attack is executed yes rather than immediacy. i remember the time yeah it's yeah. immediate the things that are happening right now so yeah. that way you paint a picture of you know i i slice my blade at the you know the edge the bard in front of me no and nimbly dodges no! out of the way don't hit edric just, just the beautiful edge of the face <laughs> <laughs> I catch I catch just the edge of his newly repaired loot. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even if you wanted to, like, what happens if you bring it down to the most basic level? You know, Lord Turley the rapper swings his fist as hard as he can, misses. You know, if you break it down to the most basic elements, uh, narratively described, it it lacks the it lacks the motivation to kind of help the the story progress. Right. So definitely. it's got to be a balance between the long-winded description of your your dad throwing lightning bolts at your sister on your grandfather's <laughs> farm where they started with the apple industry <laughs> and the Lord Turley the rapper throws a fist and missed, you know. Yes. You 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 want to find the happy medium that gets the point across, paints the picture of what's happening in the moment. Halfway between and Tolkien along. and Turley. That's the very famous saying that everyone knows halfway between Turley and Tolkien. Every time you bring up rapper, all I can think of is Parappa the Rapper. Parappa the Rapper. I mix it in the bowl. I mix it in the bowl. And one thing I do want to talk about before we kind of wrap this, or I guess move on to the site specifically. No, you things. said wrap it up, and I know exactly. I, yeah. No, you said wrap, and I was, I just, I couldn't help slipping that in. But, um. Well, I'm King Monkey, and I'm here to say I'm oh, the Jesus. baddest rapper in the USA. <laughs> Wait, oh. you're not. What? You're, huh? I guess that's why you're Sorry? horrible, right? Because you're not even in the USA. <laughs> <laughs> I know my talents do not lie in the field of, of hip hop and rap. But if uh, if for some reason your DM decides not to provide target numbers or any of that kind of stuff, 
what do you think, King Monkey, about using kind threats? of if using then, threats th- to get that information? That's pretty. No, no, that's no. what you were going to ask me. Not how I your have player should react to you. First thing you want to do: do a reverse IP check. <laughs> Sorry, wait. You said something different than what I was going on about. I, I did. I using an if-then list oh. for like if oh. this attack hits or if they make their save, this is how things resolve. If not, this is how things resolve. Or if they make this action, this is how I react. Like if-then lists in like a spoiler button at the bottom for things where okay. you don't know how it's going to play out. I can certainly see the benefit of that in the in uh, favor of efficiency. I personally barely have time to make my posts myself, as my players will attest to. I think that adding the extra effort of creating conditional lists of descriptions for what happens if you fail and succeed up front, to me it does sound like a lot of extra effort. If I had that kind of time, yes, absolutely, If, but I don't. So no, don't do it. <laughs> so in theory, it's it's an okay thing, but it's, again, like like yeah. so many things, it's something to run by your group and your DM before yeah. you get too deep into things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and everyone has different scheduling, so maybe if, if you have this time for it, by, by all means. Uh, and, and like I say, I do see how that would help speed things along, for sure. Right. If you're not going to have target numbers or if you're playing in a game where reactions are a thing or stuff like that, where stuff happens off of your turn, something like that is sort of needed in order to efficiently move along. There are systems, yeah, there are systems where that wouldn't work as well. Like I'm thinking of the world of darkness where you have a measure of not only the challenge, like the difficulty of the role, but the number of successes that you get will also affect it. So let's say you're rolling D10s, difficulty 6 determines whether you do it or not, but then if you roll one success versus five successes, you know, um, that will determine the degree to which you succeeded or failed. So, I mean, some systems may not be conducive to an if-then kind of list if it's less binary than succeed-fail. You know what I mean? And in theory, you've identified that in... Through, through the stuff that we talked about, I think, last month where we talked about GMing yeah. a game. You, you've identified the things that you need to take care of and set up beforehand with your players, how you're handling them. Yeah, I mean, if they know what to expect, then in theory, they're going to know how to uh, how to go ahead and make everything faster. Anyways. Moving on to site-specific things and tools, there are quite a few ways you can use the tools mm. to your advantage. If your game uses or wants you to use stat blocks, there is a user who is very good at these kind of things and has created mock-up stat blocks that you can use Mm -hmm. using the tables and images and tooltips and all those various pieces that you can then quickly reference them once you have it filled out. Um, If you go to feedback and user resources... And then questions and site discussions, mm-hmm. there is one called Stat Block Templates. And you can find all sorts of things. Be careful. Some of them verge on what uh, King Monkey and I have talked about as being maybe, quote, a bit much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they are all well done and pretty. And if it's something that your group is into, check them out. There's there, he, ha- he even put up some... Potential. I, I say he. Sorry, they even put up some potential. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot you can do with with the formatting for sure. If you have the uh, time and interest to do it, for sure. 
Uh, don't don't feel compelled to do it, but by all means, yeah. if you, this is your aptitude, explore it because there are a lot of possibilities that you can come up with that look fantastic for sure. Yeah, and once you have it up there, one of the nice things is, with exceptions of like your hit points, you, the things can just stay there. Mm-hmm. You can just copy it from post to post, uh, update it as you need to for like leveling up, which, I mean, it's play by post. You don't have to worry about that, right? That's never going to happen. <laughs> I mean, your hit points and, can also stay the same, too, as long as you get good. Don't take any yeah. damage, son. Yeah, just just do what everyone else does That's and it. get the heck out of there when something goes bad. Yeah, it's the kind of antithetical to most role-playing. Remember I mentioned before that being an adventurer Wait, is, a, is not a smart thing to do. Like, reasonably, you would <laughs> run away from a dragon. Reasonably, you would run away from a dragon. Go back to the apple fields and live out a happy, yeah. boring life. Maybe make peace with the fact that your father threw lightning at your sister. Because maybe that was what needed to happen in order to spur the emotional changes in your family. Live a full life without regrets, exploring the depth of the damage that's been done in your family so that you can heal and move forward. Don't worry about the dragon. The dragon will take care of himself. You'll be fine. But yeah, t- check out the, the stat block templates. It's not just stat blocks. It's There's other th- stuff in there. And you may find ways to adapt it. Even So so I, I think it's real cool. There's a lot of awesome tools on the site. That's kind of what King Monkey and I started with saying. Like The site is excellent and has so many cool things. Yeah. And this is one of the few times we said it before we got paid. So... Like everything you know after that was it. completely, <laughs> completely paid for. But oh yeah, after, everything after that yeah. is paid for. But yeah. the site has a lot of awesome tools, yeah. and you can use it if you have the time. And if not, then you can keep it minimal, and you can get people to help you. Sometimes I know people who will do stuff for you if you're running if you have crunch time. So, but if you're going to keep it minimal, then it does help to adhere to sort of the recommendations of keeping things streamlined, keeping things simple, keeping things clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh by all means, that top bar across there, like hit the tools, there's there's a lot to look at. There really is. Yeah. Yeah. I I find new stuff every time we do a podcast pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Now Birch is sweating, thinking, oh, how much of that is out of date? God, don't, don't point to the top, guys. He's like, wait a minute. Did I archive that, that, that for him? Oh, crap. Oh, crap. We're digging up all kinds of work for Birch, and he's like, that's great, guys. Thanks a lot. So with that, we've now covered role play. We're done. And that's it. role play. You now know how to play the game 100% to the maximum capacity that can possibly be played. Yep, You're welcome. Yep. We have we have one more part to this series, and as usual, it's the most chipper and upbeat part of all of it, so I'm looking forward to that one next week. But yep. Yep. Un- before we get to our usual last segment, mm-hmm. we have our first ever <gasps> site plug. <gasps> because Aethera sent King Monkey and I a private message and asked us to just give it a quick coming soon announcement. And so nominations for 2020's Hall of Fame are coming soon. As of the release of this podcast, they are, what, a week away? Isn't that what she said? I don't know what time is anymore. Yeah, she said <laughs> on this podcast, okay. they are coming soon. And next week, they will be nominations open. When we record or when we release? Release. Cool. Yeah, all right. So one week from listeners, one week from now. Yep. 
Assuming everything goes the way it's supposed to, one week from now, nominations for 2020's Hall of Fame will be open. And I have never participated in this. Okay. Because I've only been in a few games, that, and none of them lasted long enough. So I didn't know this was something I could participate in. But okay. basically, a game that's been running for over a year, solo games need at least 300 in-game posts. Okay. And regular games... What did it go? Some. X. Full year on the site. They need X posts. Or the game must have at least 750 posts and reached its intended conclusion. Okay. So... Yeah, I think I think the three hundred po- in-game posts is just for solo games because so, those can be different. Yeah, they tend not to have the volume of posts yeah. just because there's fewer people. Here's what I'm gonna say: yeah. <laughs> Go to RPG Crossing Games Hall of Fame Hall of Fame Games Hall of Fame nominations 2019. The URL for that is www.rpgcrossing.com/showthread.php Question mark T equals one nine one one three eight. If you go to that Got it. URL, there is a description of what it needs to be to meet Hall of Fame nomination criteria and how to go about doing all of that, including what not to do. Okay. Now, that is for 2019, so don't look at the dates. Just look at the content. Mm-hmm. 2020. <laughs> I said it right. I just <laughs> thought I was saying it wrong. <laughs> what is What is years? <laughs> 2020 is not up yet. Right. Because it's way in the future. That's coming out a couple years from now, (laughs) as I understand it. 2020, however, will be up there Mm -hmm. at at either this point or next week. Okay. And you can make nominations. Definitely start looking at games now. If you haven't haven't been in a game that does this, meets the qualifications, maybe go look around for one that does. Might be fun for you to see other games. Yeah, that's actually interesting because I've not participated in any Hall of Fame games either. I mean, just mathematically, only a few of them get selected for Hall of Fame, so very few weren't will you be. In right? a, a, weren't you in a very big one that would have qualified? Um, it might have, but that was many, many years ago, back in the olden days, in the before Well, here's, here's something so, that I, I see in bold in front of my face. Yeah, yeah. Inactive games <gasps> are eligible for nomination. <gasps> uh, well, okay, just because. Maybe. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't nominate my own game, uh, so that's just me. But that is that is another thing when we talk when we eventually talk about post of the month and all that that, that some people run into they struggle nominating themselves, and so that's why I am encouraging you, the listener, to get out there read some old games, nominate someone that, else's post, and what, nominate someone else. So what I hear is you're saying people should look for my old games to nominate them. Is that what that that what I'm hearing? That's... I am specifically not saying oh. that because oh. I do not endorse that. That's but funny. find old good games and do oh, that. Oh, old good games. See that? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Not long running, but good. So that's where my <laughs> that's where my confusion came in. All right. And Athira asked me also to give a shout out to 2019's winners. Uh, the game Arbiters of a New Age, a Monsters, uh, Mutants, and Masterminds. Do you know? <laughs> no, no, it's, and... <laughs> it's M&M's, like the chocolate candies. Yeah. Arbiters of the New Age, M&M's, Ar- chocolate and peanut <laughs> with a candy shell. Arbiters of a New Age, a Mutants and Masterminds game run by Hoovy and Beast. But, sorry, who, ho, Veon, Beast, I think is what you meant to say. <laughs> You're coming dangerously close to pronouncing things. I'm, I'm not here for that. <laughs> Arbiters of a New Age, Mutants and Masterminds, Hoovy and Beast. <laughs> Who else was Empires, in that? 
Trials, which I believe at least ended as a Pathfinder game. Okay. I looked at some of the characters. It was filed under 3.5, but one of the classes was a Vigilante, so I wasn't sure if it was updated at some point or if they pulled that from there. So I apologize if I got that wrong. It's one of those, 3.5 or Pathfinder. Okay. And it was done by Moo Nzar. Okay. Yep. <laughs> And That's exactly third... how it's pronounced, as I, <laughs> as I understand it. Perfect. And the third game was Priestess, which was a 5e game, D&D 5e, and that was done by Tomp Lum. Tomp Lum. Okay. Tomp Lum. Not 5th not fifth edition Shadowrun? It was 5th no, edition that is... Dungeons & Dragons, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because why would it be in Hall of Fame if it were a Shadowrun game, guys? <laughs> Zing! You know who we're talking to, Mallow. You know exactly who you are and what you did to deserve this. Nothing. And I apologize. I'm very sorry. But I'm not going to stop. And, and with that paid plug out of the way, I mean, that completely... Spontaneous just, endorsement is what I... Just uh, pro bono plug out of the way. It is time for Adventure Assemble! We don't have a theme song for the Adventure Assemble. Not a theme song to be heard. <laughs> Last time we're on an area of the world shattered by a falling star, and our two rapscallions have been sent to check it out. Okay, I have a, check, I have check, a question. Check it out. I have a question. I have an answer. Uh, rapscallions. Now, uh-huh. a scallion, of course, is a type of onion. So okay. is a rap scallion a rapping onion? Is it a hip hop onion? I think we already discussed Parappa the Rapper, didn't we? Yes, but what Parappa the Rapper was a dog and not an onion. What I want I to know kinda, is wait, is the someone field in that game of, was an onion. Was that right? <laughs> I thought was, were they a rap scallion? Because I think someone is there a band called the like Rap Scallions? <laughs> All right. Okay. So the yes, rapper? the ra- now I got to find out the hip hop or band of hip hop onions. But we know that's not true. If it if it involves Edric, Edric's a dwarf, not a not an onion. Okay, so Parappa looks like a dog. Right. I was thinking of like the sensei dude that he raps against at one point. Okay. Who has like the onion head and the lines coming off of it, the smell lines. Okay. <laughs> I had this very clear image. I just didn't realize that that wasn't Parappa. <laughs> okay. That was the guy I remembered. Is that an onion? Oh, yeah. It's got to be an onion, right? Yeah. I mean, the shape of it is weird, but yeah, I, that's that's an onion. He's got little, little, he's got little scallions behind him. <laughs> Rap scallions. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to see that there's a storied history to, oh my, my, to my stupid joke. <laughs> this is amazing. We have uncovered layers upon layers of history. <laughs> everything here no I've one... known was a lie. <laughs> Rap scallions. I see everything. I bet you I have to roll some dice now. As our hip hop onions find their way to the star shattered plains and the forested yes, they, islands they, floating. They are headed, and unbeknownst to them, they are going to meet a pilgrim who is beset by the evil elves. Just regular elves. I'm not. Sour no nuts. Specific elves. Sour nuts the pilgrim. And something is going to go wrong. So why don't you roll a d10? What color of d10 should I roll? Black one, green one, pink one, purple one, gold one? I think. You should roll whatever one you want. Uh, well, I grabbed the purple one last as you said that, so apparently that's the one I want. Three. Okay, not the pr- not the purple not one. Not the purple one. The green one, zero or ten. Okay. Um. <laughs> that sounds 
That, did, that sounds <laughs> ominous. It's like, ah. Oh, okay, I'm so. I'm very sorry. The secondary protagonist discovers everyone else is actually a robot. This is revealed after a divinatory spell is cast. So it fits in with our pilgrim on the way to some divine artifact that may or may not still be going. <gasps> that star that fell from space was actually some kind of satellite, and it's <laughs> infecting people with that virus or something, a uh, techno-organic virus from New Mutants. Oh, or the cable, from, the or, cable virus. Or from that, that thing from Superman 3, where it turned that woman into a robot and scared the bejesus out of me as a kid. It's turning people into robots secretly. Okay. We've got, okay. We've yeah. got an invasion of the body snatchers things going on with space robots in fantasy land. <laughs> which which explains why the elves are after it, because they want everything. All the technology. Seawalk technology was <laughs> nothing. That was peanuts. This is now like the full nut buffet. And they want to get their hands on those nuts. <laughs> they want their hands on these divine nuts. That's it. I mean, can you imagine what the elves would be able to do with the ability to transform people into robots? They don't even <laughs> know, but they want to find out. Can they control the robots? That's the first step in finding out. Oh, oh my man. gosh. This and I just, just generated the character that I'm bringing to this okay. random adventure. I assume you're still bringing Edric. I don't have any kind of real creativity. So yeah, Edric the Bard. Okay, so I'm going to have to kill him off at some point. And then he'll be replaced with Baldric the Bard from that one <laughs> verb thing. Okay. His, his, bar, his brother. Edric, this is my brother Baldric. That's my other brother Wardric. My sister Elendric. And and our, our third cousin twice removed, Cedric. Cedric the Bard. Cedric the Bard. But, <laughs> he's like, Oi, I'm going to sing a song over here. You just sit down, and I'm going to sing for song for you, okay? I got a good one. My, my random generator actually gave me a half-elf. Oh. Tell me his name. is hilarious, name. in my opinion. This is Kyrus, right. the male half-elf monk. Okay, okay. And we know the elves are the bad guys, but he's traveling right. with us who are known to be against the elves. So he... Well, are you known to be against them? You just kind of... Well, I mean, I've done... It's kind of been happenstance up until now. Up until the last one it's where one of those... the elf... Yeah, it's one of those characters where it's like just by happenstance, he's continuously ending up in a situation where he has thwarted the elves. Perhaps unintentionally, but it doesn't change the fact that he stopped them from getting the Seawick technology. He interfered with their efforts to turn the dwarves and imp nymphs against each other on that island for some reason. I don't know. But, but we did find out that he fa he did fail last time because he ended up getting bound tightly in marriage to that nymph yes when happily when his elf companion happily bound took... in marriage permanently right but his elf companion actually made away with the thing that's right i don't even remember what it was so so he may be wise to it now mm -hmm. and so this could be interesting he could be wary of we'll have to figure out why they're traveling together maybe not this time maybe next time We'll, we'll kind of let that marinate a little bit. Or maybe, just like D&D, we won't even address it. They're just traveling together, despite how ridiculous a concept that is. <laughs> it's D&D, &D yeah. or fantasy. It's fantasy role-playing for, gosh, and now apparently sci-fi, somehow. Mm. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, like, it's like Galarian, the Pathfinder world, where there's a little bit of everything happening somewhere in the world. It's like, yeah, I mean, mix of sci-fi and fantasy. It's like Shadowrun, except good. Oh, -ho! <laughs> Man, we get on these kicks, don't we? Where we talk bad about shit. Nope, that's every time. Yeah, every time we get on the kick. <laughs>
No, but I, until I, then, I, I do get it. I mean, I no, I do understand the appeal of Shadowrun. I would never play it. <laughs> it's a weird. It's a, is it a dichotomy? I don't know. Is it just me being willingly obtuse and difficult? Probably. Yeah, maybe. It's never happened before, maybe. but I mean, I'll give it a chance. You make a note that Kyrus, the half elf monk, is journeying with you. He's journeying half elfily across the land. If I went exactly by this random generator, he mm-hmm. kind of probably outclasses Edric the Bard. I mean, that's that's reasonable. Edric has wasted much of his life in fruitless pursuits. I, this 20-year-old half-elf is level 17. Oh my I mean, god, he's clearly, younger than me and more advanced than me. Edric's clearly gonna start he went on a, one adventure. <laughs> Edric's going to start having like this crisis of uh, confidence. Like He's so much younger than me, but he's far more capable. Like, And he's is, beautiful. Is what, is, oh, what is going on? He looks better than me. <laughs> You, you'd tell me if you thought he was a better adventurer than me, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, no, Ed, Edric, you're fine. You're fine. Oh, just fine? Like I'm not really good? I'm not really qualified to do the job that I'm doing? Oh, God, Edric, you all hate you're me. you cute. You, you all hate you are, me. You are cute, Edric. Don't worry. I'm cute? So... I'm cute? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Until then, we done. We is out of here. Turn off the podcast now. What are you guys doing upstairs? You don't know what you're doing up there? A sharp, a shop game or a sharp game? Shop. Shop? Okay, because if you were playing a sharp game, I'd be concerned. Ugh.